0: mind to me,
1: please. Open your mind.
0: Hey everyone ever and welcome to 20th Century Pop, the show where we try to understand the present. Uh, While well, living in the past. My name is Tim Blevins. My co-host is normally Bob Canning, and we're on one of those in-between new episodes kind of week. Uh, if you remember, the podcast has gone bi-weekly, so we're supplementing every other week with sort of a bonus episode, which kind of translates to a glorified rerun, which really just means we're reposting an episode from the back catalog of 2017 of this show. And today, today the episode we're putting up, it was episode 12 of the podcast. Uh, It originally aired when? Back in uh, April, April 6th of 2017. It was an episode where Bob and I discussed the 1990 Paul Verhoeven directing, directed, and uh, what Sharon Stone featuring movie Total Recall. And uh, that's a sci-fi spectacle movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. But this episode, this was a pretty important episode to me because it was kind of when I started to realize that that this podcast, these conversations between Bob and I, we're good for examining sort of the darker sides of ourselves and our adolescence, and that sometimes pieces of pop culture that we think are totally unrelated to us, that we can never possibly relate to, that have nothing, no bearing or connection in our life other than just enjoying it, can actually kind of illustrate something. They kind of stick with us and replay through our lives as a way of re-examining some traits that fortunately we grow through but at least we're there at the beginning look basically what i'm saying is i learned a little bit about myself from this episode and i think the show has since gone on uh to have some other episodes that kind of do the same so look just listen to this listen to this bob and i discussing total recall Just surprised, blown away, and 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 I don't know, just even a little irked and worried, or, or put off by how much impact this movie has actually had on me, and how oh. much of my life I can
1: see in parallel to this movie. That's so, interesting. That's uh, I would I don't know if I would have expected that much of a of a parallel for a sci-fi action film, you know. Having been in your life for many years, um, sci-fi, sci-fi action isn't exactly what I think of. It doesn't. My fashion
0: doesn't scream it. No, <laughs> but um, Total Recall. Do you want to quickly sum up what it's about, or is that putting that's putting a responsibility on you? But what I mean, what's, what's, the, what's the
1: gist the, of it, The, the gist of it. The, the I guess you know the the crux of it is there's a, a person who feels like there's more that he could be doing with his life. Um, and we're in the future. I, I don't know if they ever really say the year. Do we know exactly? Yeah, I don't know. I I I didn't pay attention to hear yeah. that in the movie. So I and don't know. so um, there's there's a a way to implant memories of of things in you. It's like so, you, so you can't get away. You can't afford to do the X or Z adventure. And so they can implant this memory in your in your brain. So you can remember that you had done it. So you will you will feel like you have lived your life. You have done that adventure. Um and so that's sort of how the ball gets rolling with Total Recall. Yeah.
0: It's like a recreational thing. They offer in the movie Recall is a company, it offers vacations to people that are more affordable and without the hassle. There's a very funny commercial that talks about the hassle of planning for a vacation. And basically, yeah, they implant the memories in your mind probably within the course of twenty minutes of having gone on this whole trip. So you pay the money and when you walk out of recall, you have in your mind the hallucination, the delusion, but as a memory, this wonderful trip that you took, you yeah. know, it would, you know, which it is an odd setup only because I feel like leaving a vacation is the worst part of the vacation. <laughs> True. <laughs> when it's over and you have to go back to the real world. I, I don't recall vacations as, I mean, obviously I recall them as the memories, but the best part is when you're on right. it, I would think. But, but, but for the movie to work, it's an interesting uh, pitch, an, an interesting proposal. In in the course of this movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a character named Quaid, um, and he's just like you said, a regular run in the mill guy who wa- who wants more from his life. He has a he's married to Sharon Stone, um, and he and, still and, wants
1: more from his life.
0: <laughs> oh my God, Sharon Stone is amazing, and and we'll, I I want to talk about her. Actually, I want to talk about a couple of people in the cast, but. Um. So he 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 wants he wants something more in his life. So one day after um after a day of work, he works with a jackhammer, just jackhammering. I guess
1: in the future, right? That um that was uh very off putting to me. I'd forgotten that that in the future they'll have jackhammers. You have self driving robot taxi. <laughs> and jackhammer. <laughs> and jackhammer too.
0: Um. Um and Jack in the Boxes, which I yeah, is a restaurant true. that shows up in the movie a few times. But uh he decides to go to recall, he sees a commercial on a train, again, a very funny commercial. Um and, and he gets there and he goes in, and he's like, I just want the vacation implant and there's you know kind of the sleazy doctor who's like, Well, you can have the traditional vacation to Mars. That's what he chooses, the Mars package, which is a trip to see the red planet which has been colonized. But the guy offers him the chance for something a little more exciting. He says, you can go on this, you, know, you can have the simple trip or you can have the this special package, which is like you get to pick, you know, a personality to be, you know, you can be a playboy, you can be a famous, uh, you know, a sports figure or a secret agent. And you can have this whole adventure where you go in with all these different things occur. And when you're done, you have this exciting story to remember that you were a part of it. It's like play acting, you know, so it's like a very intricate, you know, murder mystery weekend. It's like virtual reality. And that made more sense to me because that's kind of like, okay, still, it's weird that you don't actually go through the process, but having the memories of that seems exciting. So Quaid decides he wants the special agent or the secret agent package. And as the movie goes, what supposedly happens is when he goes under to have this fake implant, something is triggered in his mind. And it turns out that there is another personality buried in there. And that this whole thing about Mars is a reality. And he's a double agent that somehow went undercover, had his old memory put away and this new memory put into place to keep him his information safe. And he goes on this whole adventure to kind of find out who he used to be. And it takes him to Mars and becomes this whole adventure. Yeah. Um. So the the, the setup, the premise of the movie, and the question I think that you're asked as an audience is, because what they do is... When he's sitting in that chair and he's about to get his fake memories put in, the technicians, and and this is the spoiler, basically, of the movie, the technicians here, before the movie main plot begins, they start asking him all these questions like, what do you want to be? He said, secret agent. Where do you want to go? Mars. What type of woman are you into? And instead of describing his wife, Sharon Stone, who's a blonde, he describes this other girl who's a dark-haired, kind of a little more muscular kind of girl, Um, And they're asking him all these different, you know, story points, plot points. And basically what they're setting up with him is what eventually is going to become the plot of the movie. They are basically in setting him up for a simple routine procedure telling you the plot of the movie. And at one point, one of the technicians who looks very much like the Encyclopedia Britannica (laughs) kid in the 80s. It holds up a little data file or something. And, and I missed this the first time I saw the movie, but I saw it the second.
1: Yeah, it's kind of buried. It's buried in there. Uh, it's very kind of offhand um, in the background.
0: As he puts it in, it's it must be part of the program. He's like, huh, Blue Sky and Mars. Never seen that before or something like that. And, and puts it into the computer and they start the program. And then the program goes awry. And there's this whole fight scene, escape scene, whatever. But what the spoiler is to me in this movie where we're supposed to be wondering is it real is it fake is this reality is this not a reality this scene of these random technicians gives you the plot of the movie they tell you about the alien artifacts they tell you about the adventure saving the day and this kid says oh there'll be a blue sky in mars at the end which is how the movie ends we get a whole thing there's a whole ridiculous plot about air being blown back into mars but the reason this is a, a spoiler to me and it's fascinating to me, but the, the the reason I think this changes the movie is there is no reason that those three technicians should know everything about Quaid's alternate personality. There is no reason they should know what he went through on Mars when he came here, or what he's now going to do. It's all preplanned. So, the the the, the what it's telling us is that this movie is all a delusion. It's either his imaginary trip or he has some psychotic break whilst in the trip. But the, the, the fact is this, the fact that they know all of this, cause there's no way they could know this means that we're watching a character's delusion for the rest of the movie. So it's not real. It's not really happening to him. And I guess,
1: do do you Why think that, do you think it's the implant? Could it be that that what the rest of what we're seeing is the secret agent story that that they've implanted that he's going to be remembering? I think what we see is what he paid for.
0: From the moment he gets put under and then he has this weird flashback and he breaks out because he's like you're messing with my mind and goes on a rampage. That's all part of the paid package. That's his paid trip.
1: And so when his trip is over at the end of the movie, when his story that he paid for, his memory, his recall story is done, and he is awake, does he go home to Sharon Stone? Well, that's the weird... Yeah,
0: I think to get into this, he's gonna... (laughs) I would like to see that movie. That's the thing. Because... But he does. And here's why... Because everything, and there's another scene, and again, I think we're, we're, we're not talking about this linear yet, so maybe we need to get into it to understand it more, but every part of the movie is known by everyone in that scene. And it's odd because, I guess, why it spoils the movie, or why I wonder if it spoils the movie, is we already know we're watching a piece of fiction. Total Recall is not a real movie. I mean, it's a movie, it's not a real story, so we're watching fiction, and we're watching fiction about a man who's struggling to know what his reality is within this fiction. And I guess what I would wonder, and I'm, I don't necessarily have an answer for this for myself, but does it negate the tension and the drama of the movie to know that within the reality of the movie, what we're watching is a fantasy, that it's a story that it's all in our main character's head, that there are no consequences for the character we're watching because what he's going through is play acting.
1: All right, you know, like on well,
0: sitcoms, when there's dream episodes and reality right. changes, or like when the X-Men would have multi-dimensional changes, as long as you always reboot it to how it started, do any of those events have a weight or consequence, or does it kill the drama of the film? If you go into this thinking, what I'm watching is a man go on vacation. I think
1: it would, but I think think the point of the movie is for us as the audience to not know if it's real or not and i, I you're talking about it as if the, that scene with the technicians is proof that it is and there's, there's no denying it and i'm not sure well, if that's how that's i see the it yeah case i'm not sure if that's the case i mean yes it is pretty spot on that what they're talking about is everything that happens. It's pretty spot on that when he's describing his ideal woman to have the adventure with, um, at first it's all like generic computer shaped people. And as they change, Oh, he likes dark hair. So dark hair goes on and, and he likes an athletic build. So the, the build of the computer person changes. But then at the end, when they've finalized everything as he's, just about passed out from the drugs that they've given him. Uh, A a human face comes on the screen and it's the woman who ends up being in the rest of the movie. Yeah. We meet the woman they program into his mind. We meet her later in the movie. Yes.
0: Um, They're programming her. We're not seeing a screen of what he's thinking. We're seeing a screen of what they're putting into his mind.
1: I get that. But I think you could argue because there's a point that with a scene that we haven't mentioned that uh, that opens the movie when he is on Mars in a suit mm-hmm. um, with that woman with the dark hair walking mm-hmm. on the surface of Mars and then he slips. They both slip and fall and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's mask cra- breaks open and just as his head's about to explode, he wakes up. And so uh, Sharon Stone talks to him and calms him down from this kind of scary dream. And we've learned that it's the same woman that he's been dreaming about uh, for a while. Apparently he's been having these dreams. So here they kind of lay the groundwork. I think that he's got this embedded memory that has been blocked with this new personality, this new persona that sort of is still trying to come out and it's coming out in his dreams and so I think that right at the get-go, they're hinting to the fact that maybe there is something else underneath that has happened to him that he's trying to remember. And then he's constantly watching the news and going back and trying to see what's going on on Mars, even though this character, this personality has never been there. And Sharon Stone, you are given – especially looking at it now, having seen the movie, um, she's clearly you know trying to take his mind off of Mars, turning the TV off – um, he wants to go to recall. He was talking about that, or he was talking about a vacation or something with her. And she, again, tries to just, no, we don't want to do that. Let's go to Saturn instead. And so, and then there's a scene as he leaves, it holds on Sharon stone just briefly. And she does kind of a, a glance down, like she has this look. And again, first time you see it, you might not notice it, but I, I see it as a sort of, Things aren't working out the way she wants. Why isn't he listening to me? We don't necessarily know why at this point, if you're watching it for the first time. Um, but it, so it lays this groundwork and same thing with his buddy at the construction site in the middle of their 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 uh, jackhammering. He stops and says, hey, I want to try that recall. And he immediately is like, oh, no, you don't want to do recall. A friend of mine did it, blew his brains out, It, it messed with his head. He had, he had a stroke, you know, totally talking him out of it. And again, he also has one of those looks after Arnold is like, oh, yeah, I guess so, and goes back to his business. Uh, that character lingers on Arnold, on Quaid, watching him, again, with a look of this isn't going as planned. And then later, both of those characters turn out to be double agents, possibly. Possibly, or in a paranoid delusion.
0: Um, Sharon Stone, who plays uh, Schwarzenegger's character's wife or this double agent in the movie, going into the movie, given what we're given at the beginning, she's a woman who loves her husband is trying to play around with him, and he's distracted by other things. He's distracted by these dreams of a different woman that she knows about, which means he's told her. Mm Mm-hmm or somehow it's come up in conversation and he's constantly distracted by the, the weighty news on Mars. They live on earth and she's trying to get his attention. He is a man who doesn't want to focus on her. He is a man who doesn't want to see her. They're married, but in that world, he could care less about her. Of course, she's going to look how she looks. Of course, she's going to be frustrated. She's trying to maintain and win back a husband. If this is the route that it goes, where all of this is a delusion in his mind, because he's he doesn't even when he goes to recall his perfect woman isn't her, not that it has to be it's a fantasy, right. but it's uh-huh. this other woman so i and I think that duality obviously as a movie it's supposed to be there at both places, but I think for her, if you go in to sympathize with her and you take everything that goes from when he gets to recall on as what's happening in his mind he's a horrible husband. He's not attentive. He's thinking of other people. He, you know, he's, he's, he has that whole line about, you know, she's like, you get, seem so distant every night. And he's like, I'm always back in the morning. It's like, he, he doesn't, he's a jerk. The nineties jerk. And It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. So there's the weird pronunciation. You know, like, you're the girl of my dreams and things like that. But, I find her performance and I love her in this movie. I just find her performance. It could go either way, but it's like, it's believable. She's doing everything she can to hold on to him, but can't. Uh, Mr. Twinket said he is coworker at the, uh, the, the, the rock quarry from the Flintstones where they're jackhammering everything. I mean, he's just, I, he does look, nervous he looks cautious and if we're to believe him though it's because a friend of his had a horrible experience at recall which they allude to when Arnold Schwarzenegger gets to recall he asks them about the guy they lobotomized and they're like that was a while ago because the science of what they're doing they're going to your brain and fucking around obviously that's a danger and I think and this is again this is twisting the movie to fit my argument but it is how I view it it is more believable to think that this working-class guy would be skeptical of this technology that his friend got lobotomized at and that this wife of this one guy who feels that she's being ignored would be cautious then to accept that the plot of the movie, which was Arnold Schwarzenegger's Quaid character, used to be someone called Hauser, who was this um, evil, dirty agent working on Mars with this guy named Cohagen to kind of take over Mars. And because he found out some news that Mars used to be inhabited by aliens and that Mars had this device that would give atmosphere back to Mars, because that knowledge has to be kept secret, this dirty agent created the false personality of Quaid and went to Earth to keep this a secret. And in addition to that, set up a world where there are commercials on TV for recall that run that are there only to trick him into knowing what recall is. There are co-workers of his who work the same job only to keep his mind distracted. And he's living with someone who is the wife of another agent in this house just to keep him, again, distracted. That's a lot more work and effort to maintain than the reality of just, nope, he's kind of a jerk. (laughs) And it's interesting to me because what... What Quaid as a character is doing is what I did in a slightly bent way throughout probably my teens, you know, and throughout my 20s and probably even at 30, which was he's using people to create a drama in, in, when he sits down and goes to recall, what happens is Sharon Stone, his wife in the real world, in his delusion, she's a double agent She's been, she's a double agent who was tricked into pretending to be his wife so that they could keep him sequestered on earth. He's created and she's dating this, this awful, awful agent named Richter played by my favorite actor in this fucking movie. (laughs) um, Michael Ironside. He's so good, but he's just this abusive, angry, coked up villain who is the actually Sharon Stone's husband in this in the in the recalled illusion world? Arnold Schwarzenegger Quaid is creating an excuse for him to go after the other girl. He's like, well, as long as she's connected to this jerk, then I'm in the right for being interested in this heroic character. And that's what I used to fucking do. You know, I I would be close. I would have these female friends I was close to, and we would just be friends. We wouldn't be dating, but I would secretly want to but I would never be brave enough to pursue it. But then when they started dating someone, I could picture that person as a jerk. You know, this jerk, they're going to date them, this horrible boyfriend, and I could create a scenario where, well, that's not going to work out, and now I can have the feelings I want to have safely because I'm the hero, I'm the martyr, I'm the better person. And, to, and this movie is set up to do that from Quaid's, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character's, point of view.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: I see that. And there's a scene in the movie, and it's probably my favorite scene. Eventually he gets to Mars and he's doing all the secret agent handiwork stuff. And he's confronted in, he's in a hotel room and he's confronted by this doctor, this doctor in a very nice suit, kind of a nerdy looking guy with a nasally voice, a very recognizable actor. And we, as viewers of the movie, we recognize him early in the movie. There's a commercial for Recall, the company that does this procedure, and it's hosted by the founder of Recall, which is this nerdy guy in this very same suit. He shows up in this hotel room to confront Quaid, um, and tell him that whatever the operation he's having has gone awry, right. that there's a problem, and that he's that his um that he's starting to that he's misbelieving what he's supposed to do. And he brings Sharon Stone in saying, this is a a vision of your actual wife. She's here to get you out of it. You're having a psychotic episode. Um, And Arnold Schwarzenegger as Quaid at this point thinks it's real and he's not buying into it. And the guy gives him a pill to take. He gives him a pill and he says, you know, take this. And what you'll do is you'll pass out and we'll get you out of here and back into the real world. If not, you're having a cerebral embolism or something and you'll, you'll end up being lobotomized. Now, this guy who's telling him this also lays out the rest of the plot of the movie. He says, You're going to start having these delusions. Um, you know, reality will come crashing down. You'll have fantasies of an alien civilization. He, he tells us everything that happens in the story to Quaid's character, everything that eventually happens. And it would be an incredibly extensive plot, again, to have made these commercials for recall with this guy this agent or whatever he's supposed to be broadcast them throughout the city of earth. So that by chance, when Coit is on a train, he would see the ad with this guy and go, huh, recall, check that out. But this guy is actually an agent coming in to stop him like that. That is actually beyond the logistics of any sort of, <laughs> it's all in his head. Everything he sees coordinates the things he sees before he gets to recall. He's creating all of these fantasies. And this scene, if we are to take this scene that the, the, the nerdy doctor guy is actually telling the truth, this movie turns out horribly, <laughs> horribly for Quaid in that he's lobotomized. At yeah. The end. Which, again, plays right into my own drama, you know, of wanting to play drama. It's this idea where you create this world, you create this persona, you create this cartoonish or extravagant or, or extreme way of being, and you use people to manipulate that. And eventually you wake up from that and everything you thought you had, everything you did, be it, you know, relationship-wise or whatever you think you are, was just a fantasy. It was just imagined. And you have to go back to who you really are, which at that point, by comparison, is sad, is lobotomized, is sort of the the lesser of the, you know, the Walter Mitty experience, which is kind of what the story is. It's kind of like a Walter Mitty sort of, you know, everyday ho-hum man who uh, who pretends to be a secret agent. And I think, and I love him in it, but to a degree, I think casting Arnold Schwarzenegger in that role is kind of a mistake. I think putting him in that role informs that the movie, maybe tips the movie towards being like, oh, it is possibly real. You know, if you oh, had absolutely. someone in there like...
1: I mean, yeah, that's how i avoid. Always- Like I've always come away from the movie as it just will never know. I didn't have a clear cut uh, opinion one way or the other, like you have here that it, that it is all a fantasy. Um, I've always watched the movie and come away with, Oh, they've given enough clues from this direction and enough clues in this direction that it could be either or. And it's one of those movies that you just sort of experience and, and you can walk away and, have arguments in either direction um but but uh you're making a strong strong case well and of course it's opinion i mean it's fiction either way
0: i like the thought process that got me to that i've always enjoyed the blue sky and mars thing i mean i was 14 and i remember hearing that line and thinking like i'd cracked some code for you if you were told that this movie is all a delusion in his head. And it still went the way it went, and it still ended with that last line, you know where they're about to kiss, and he says, "You know i I just had a horrible thought, what if I wake up and this was a dream, and then the movie ends. It's a great yeah. ending. If you were told, yep, it's all a delusion in his head. Would that impact your enjoyment or lack of enjoyment of the movie? Would that impact the drama and the and the stakes of
1: the movie as you watched it um, I think it would, yeah, yeah, it would definitely impact the stakes. Um, you know, because right now, like I, I said, it's like I'm watching it as as the adventure and with a little bit of is it or isn't it. If, if that was very clear and that was the understanding that this is a delusion, so there isn't a maybe this or maybe that, it is a delusion, then there is a different uh, takeaway from it. I think I'd still enjoy it, but I would enjoy it more of, of a can he be saved from this delusion, you know? And the, the scene with the doctor coming in would have a much more, uh, you know, much higher stake to it. And, and then, you know, like, here's a hopeful, you know, uh, uh way out for him and, and mm-hmm. oh God, he, he just blew it. And will he get that chance again? Will it come up again? I'd be watching it more, uh, for that. But it would. St- it sounds like it would still impact you. You would still be drawn to it. Yeah, I still. F- I think I would still find it to be an interesting story. I mean, I might. The, you know, because it sort of goes off with the whole bringing um, atmosphere to Mars that sort of takes over near the end, um, and and so there isn't as much of an opportunity to see him get out of it. And so, you know, that mm-hmm. that changes. But I think if if the story was told specifically from that point of view I imagine they would have changed some things and and given another scene or two where where there's like clues or flashes where he tries to to get out of it
0: total recall is based on a a, a book by Philip K. Dick and Philip K. Dick who also wrote um, do Android stream electric sheep which is what Blade Runner is based on wrote the three stigmata of Timothy Archer Valis I mean his books constantly deal with this idea of reality and false reality what we think is going on and what is really going on, how much freedom we have and what's going on. And I, and I'm, I've always been drawn to that because again, it's this blurring of a line. And that's why this movie hit me as a kid and hits me now. It's this kind of this possibility that everything you think you're doing is either manufactured or a lie, you know, that there's other forces at work. And I'm not saying I, I had this paranoid delusion that I was a secret agent, but I definitely would stage You know, this idea of going on a vacation where you can create a scenario is appealing to me because that's what I did. And that's what this movie does. And the difference is a movie versus real life. But for me, it's like all those fantasies at the time were great. But when I look back on it now, it's like I wasted a lot of time, both mine and other people's time, trying to fit them, events and feelings into these illusions, delusions or imaginary settings. You know, I had friendships with people that suffered because while they were sincere friendships I was also trying to treat it like the sitcom you know long-term sitcom relationship or one day we'll be together and so I missed opportunities to date other people I missed opportunities to be honest and I was just constantly creating this scenario yeah. to play out so that at the end of it I would have this memory and saying it right now it's a bit of a stretch to compare it to Total Recall but it has kind of no, that is does. one of the reasons this movie resonates to me I
1: And it's it's interesting because you and I, I mean, when we roomed together in college and then lived together after college, I mean, there were times that you and I would even sort of acknowledge that, you know? I mean, maybe we wouldn't so outright say that, you know, I'm... I'm Yeah, I don't know if I I was aware of it. Well, we we wouldn't say that we were manipulating it. Like, I'm purposely manipulating the situation. We wouldn't say like that, but, but we would make sort of referential jokes about our sitcom lives, quote unquote, you know, we Mm -hmm. lived in a basement apartment. Um, I wouldn't call us slobs necessarily, but you know, um, we had our counterparts lived above us, a married couple, neat and groomed, you know, I mean, (laughs) we had uh, across the hall, there were female uh, college students that I remember we were throwing a, let's call it a kegger. And they were having A pretty
0: dark raving <laughs> party. And they were yes. having,
1: and, and we invited them, but they couldn't make it that night because they were having their wine and cheese. So I think, you know, but we got friends from that party, or some of their party came. Yeah, to our party, yeah. So I so mean, but that's the, thing. And, and I yeah. think in those moments, in those situations, you and I would often make sort of <clears throat> sitcom life references. <clears throat> And and so I think there was maybe a glint of it that we were aware of. I don't know if I did it as much as you're talking about having done it. But yeah, I certainly would uh, act differently and say things differently than I probably should have in hopes that the laugh track would go off in my head. Yeah.
0: Right? And in, in reality, I, mean, yeah. I think... I would, here's the thing, and this is where I do start to sound diluted. I would play to a camera. I would do double takes. I would pause, you know, in times of my own, I would talk
1: out loud a little bit. Like
0: I, it, it was, it was very staged.
1: Yeah. I would, uh, I've talked about this, I think, and I, I have a, a mixtape blog. My mixtapes were not just, hey, I really want to listen to the song, but I was like really trying to fashion a soundtrack like literally a soundtrack right. to my day. Uh, like I would want certain songs to come on. And I, I did it for a very long time. I would want certain songs to come on when I was entering the grocery store because I knew that that song <laughs> would have a cool effect. And in my head.
0: And I hope good by better than Ezra's next because I got to park this fucking car. In my
1: head. I wasn't like looking at, I wasn't seeing the grocery store as I walked in and was listening to this music in my headphones. I was above myself, looking down, having the camera <laughs> right? sweep over all the aisles. And in my head, other people were dancing. You know, it's like weird stuff like that. Um, no, I, I get it. And I'm just – and I
0: guess the different or a difference between – That and Total Recall's Total Recall seems to be set up as a vacation. Like, you'll have these memories. It'll be in the past, but you'll remember it. I feel like what I was doing and maybe what you were doing, at least how I'm hearing it, was very much in the moment. Like, I didn't reflect
1: upon this necessarily. I think I I flashed forward. When did you come out of it, if I can ask? Have you come out of it? Uh, I hope so.
0: (laughs) I think at a very long period of living the sitcom life because I was surrounded by, you know, when it was in college, we were in a dorm it was you, I, and our other friends. So we had that drama to live with and we were all doing it at the same time. When we moved out of that, we had our apartment and that was another season or a couple seasons with once I moved out of that scenario, I moved into Cambridge, got a job at this coffee shop and I was there for six years. But in the course of six years versus the prior times, as I got older, people my age moved away I still fit in enough but the reality was I was getting older than that environment and that mindset could support so eventually I moved out and I moved to Chicago which was kind of a mistake because I moved there not knowing anybody and I wasn't coming in there as the guy just out of college I wasn't coming in there as the guy with you know the spiky hair and the cd collection that he put on his shelf I was coming in there as a 32 year old looking for a job And so I didn't have the connections to do the bits, and it dropped off very quickly. So I think that it flatlined because I didn't know how to exist. I didn't know how to be because I didn't know how to interact with people as real people. On the upbeat side, getting into a long-term relationship... You know, I've been in this relationship now since 2009. I didn't have the fantasy of what a long-term relationship was like. I had the fantasy of what moving in together and fumbling through that would be like. And I had the fantasy of what the little moments of when you realize, hey, we've grown as a couple are like, but the long-term day-to-day has wonderfully helped, you know, in a way because it demystifies some of the sitcom aspect, you know and that becomes real and that's a reality and it's no longer dramatic you know and it's no longer a plot to get me to the next point and it's no longer just about me i think a lot of, a lot of this stopped or tampered off or whatever when it became about more than just me cuz i think uh, you know when i was moving through college and moving through these scenarios and moving through friends like like cast like guest stars you know it really was it's awful when i think about how I always had female friends and I would always get close to them and I always had that delusion in my mind that someday we'll date, which is such a shitty lie. Right. You know? It's unfair to them, it's dishonest, and it creates this weird situation where anything they do that they choose to do hurts you if it doesn't involve you and, and going through that constantly was acting out this fantasy, you know, wanting to get, you know, the secret agent package of a relationship, you know. Again, really forcing the comparison here, but it's why this movie speaks to me. And I think breaking out of that, it's weird. It's the healthiest thing I could do. But now, now I don't have the drama. And I do miss that from time to time. You know, like when Arnold Schwarzenegger's Quaid character comes out, if he isn't lobotomized, and if this is all in his head, when he comes out of it, you're asking like what happens when he goes back home to Sharon Stone or when he sees his friend, Mr. Tungasetti, it's like, yeah, that drama is gone. You know, it'll be a residual dream. I don't think anyone who goes to recall comes out of it thinking, oh, this really happened. They know what they paid for, you know? So he knows it's just that it's, you know, again, it's like, it's the buzz of having what that would have been like, which does seem exciting. And then that has to taper off and he has to move back into real life. And maybe, you know, like maybe that real life gets better because now he's like, Oh, I see what I got. Or maybe it's just that sigh of, huh, this is mundane.
1: That, uh, that's some deep shit there, Timmy. I feel like, I mean, and I think we've talked about this before. I feel like I've been there, too. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know that I had a moment where I was no longer in my series. And I I, I, mm-hmm. I still feel a little lost. I almost feel like I've been recast in a family sitcom now sometimes. <laughs> but uh, I'm dealing yeah. with it. Huh.
0: So to watch Total Recall, from the point he sits down in his chair and he gets he's, he gets an injection and he, and he basically he passes out? Yes. If this is his delusion, we shouldn't see them reacting to him passing out because he's not seeing that. If this is delusion, later in the movie, Michael Ironside has a very dull, boring, long scene of exposition with Ronnie Cox, who plays his character, Cohagen where they talk, they basically give you all this exposition about who Quaid could be. You're seeing characters, it's driving the plot, but you're seeing characters do things that Quaid, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, is not in the room for. You're seeing characters have conversations and seeing shots and angles of things he's not privy to. So that, in a way, means, well, if that's happening, is it
1: real? Well, I actually, I can go right back to what I just talked about i mean if it is his delusion i just talked about how in my delusions i was seeing things in grocery stores aisles over happening so right. yeah i mean the mind is a weird and crazy place why not why not see some conversation uh, away from our main character
0: so it does make i mean one it's it's still a movie so you're going to get angles and things like that so the artistic license but i think Again, because the uh, Michael Ironside's character in Quaid's delusion is married to Sharon Stone. And that is the excuse that he has, that Quaid has in his delusion to run after the, the brunette character. Melina, I think is her name. He has to create the backstory of the jerk with Sharon Stone so that he can still be a hero in his head and pursue this other lady. So that might be why we get those moments because that's his mind processing the story to to, 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 to sort of
1: to, to sort of
0: validate his little pursuit.
1: Right. I think you've got an airtight argument there for, for your, your version of of Total Recall. I mean, I as a kid, I, I really just watched it for the the sci fi action of it, and the story of it was very surface level. You know, could this be real or is it just the <laughs> or is it just fantasy? I don't know. I mean, this movie is depressing. Depressing. depressing? <laughs> I don't know. It's
0: it's it's interesting yeah. cuz it it, it 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 does it presents a couple arguments. I mean, it, it could easily present the argument to validate what I used to do, what we used to do. Cuz it's fun. You know, what's wrong with having, you know, the trip is sold to him at the beginning as a vacation, as escapism, right. getting away. And what's wrong with that if it's all in the head? And I don't know that I don't have an answer to. I, I I I obviously see what's wrong with it if you're using people in the real world to stage it, like I used to do. And I can understand what's wrong with it if your fantasies are getting in the way of reality. And as I as it seems like um, Quaid's relationship with Sharon Stone is doing. So you know there are downsides to that. <laughs> but I don't know I, 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 I loved rewatching this um because again, I have always loved this movie and I, I know I've seen it within the last five years. I'm sure I saw it recently, yeah. uh but having watched it for today's show yeah i was it was odd that i it did really seem to lock up and fit up with these themes I was thinking for my twenties and thirties. you know what we didn't talk about Quado. <laughs> let's like garbage pail kid
1: puppet that's fantastic let's save quadro for another episode we should probably have like a uh uh, a look back at at creatures from our youth or or something um (laughs)
0: stupid props from this film (laughs) so do you think so it doesn't sound like it's not a real spoiler for you to, to well because I guess you didn't you didn't necessarily watch the movie thinking it is real or it's not
1: real no I did not do that um I you know every time I've seen it I've sort of rethought it and honestly this time more than ever before um, the blue sky program that they're inserting uh, stood out more this time than than previous times um mm-hmm. and so you know i I was thinking about it a little differently this time around as I'm watching it. Uh, and i actually had the same thought that we talked about about how why are we seeing if this is in his mind why are we seeing conversations away from him um so yeah there's always new ways to to look at it and maybe in a couple years we could watch it again and have a a slightly different viewpoint um Mm -hmm. but yeah no i mean total recall the original total recall movie is, is a fun movie to watch so that was it. That was a little episode from the past. And
0: there'll be more episodes in the future uh, about the past uh, every other week. Um, new episode goes up with Bob and I. And you can always find that find those episodes at 20popcast.com that's the main website for uh, for this show it always has the most recent episodes streaming right there on the homepage, plus links to all of our past what 93 episodes at this point um it also has links to how you can subscribe to the show you can uh, subscribe to us so you can get a new episode every week uh, you can also follow us on instagram follow us on twitter both at 20 popcast you can uh, befriend us on facebook Uh, Basically, you can just kind of keep in touch and, uh, you know, we'll be a better show next week because Bob will be there. I will be there. And a conversation you haven't heard yet, if you had gone through a back catalog, will also be there. I also will stop using the word back catalog because I don't really know what that means. Thanks for listening, people. I'm not good at this right now because I'm popping pills. Not because I'm about to go out and have a 1980s rave fun time. I just have bronchitis. Uh, But thanks for listening. Cough, cough. There you go. That's this week's ending. Enjoy the music. We didn't pay for it. All right. Oh, oh, okay. It sounded like I had an orgasm there, but really,
1: it's phlegm.
0: Oh, God, this could have been better. Bye.